Welcome back, everybody. It is the Going Live Podcast. It is your host, Max Going, And thank you for joining me today as we officially start our fantasy baseball coverage for the 2021 season. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's our first crack at it. Our initial attempt, <laughs> 2020, 2019, we started a little late. We weren't able to get to all of it. 2020 obviously had a lot of question marks. A lot of people decided to skip out on on it all together so we're here we're here now 2021 is here and we are ready for 162 games um mlb officially pretty sure officially just said the season is going to start on time so um the delayed proposal the proposal of a delayed season was rejected rejected by the players association which means play ball we are here it is february spring training starts in two weeks the season starts in about two months, so a little less than two months. So let's get started. It's going to be a good one, and uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in and sticking with us. A um, little, um, little schedule information real quick. We'll be doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the rest of the pre-draft or the, the draft season. And once we get to opening day, we will try our best to do this every single day. So... It's going to be a challenge. It's our first time trying it for a full 162 games, but we are um, we are committed to hopefully getting it done. And uh, committed to hopefully getting it done is not that convincing, but uh, I promise we will do our best for all you baseball fans out there to do this every single day because in fantasy baseball, it is the hardest fantasy sport to compete in. It is the most tedious. It is the most time-consuming. It takes the most prep. Yada, yada, yada. I can go on for days. So with that being said, let's get right to it. Before we do, as always, what's happening now in the world of sports, and since this is a baseball-oriented podcast for the first time, let's do a baseball-oriented what's happening right now. Let's stick to baseball only, and first and foremost, Dustin Pedroia. He calls it a career after fantastic dozen or so years with the Boston Red Sox, 14 years to be exact, and... He really represented Boston as a city, you know, better than anybody I could really think of in terms of, you know, recent Red Sox teams. So, you know, four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion in 2007 and 2013, AL MVP in 2008, uh, the year before he won Rookie of the Year in 2007. So, I mean, he started with a Rookie of the Year, next year with AL MVP, won two rings. I mean, you know. Full, sorry, four-time Gold Glove winner. Uh, the, the guy who just heart and soul, uh, all all work, and you know, hustle. And he was a great, great example of um, of how hard work and hustle in sports really, really can get you to the top of the mountain. So Dustin Pedroia, we thank you for your incredible 12 seasons in Boston, and uh, wish you the best of luck in retirement. Because man. You, you've definitely earned it. Uh, let's move on. Some transactions. Small ones first. Obviously, Trevor Williams, one year to the Cubs. Carlos Rendon, one year, $3 million to the White Sox. But the big one here, obviously, Nolan Arenado. Uh, he goes from Colorado to St. Louis. Five prospects go from St. Louis to Colorado. Nolan Arenado and $50 million in cash go to the St. Louis Cardinals. So, Big trade, biggest trade of the offseason. It probably will not get any bigger than this. So St. Louis really, really strengthening that grip on a potential division 
um, pennant because, I mean, you know, you got three team, two teams rebuilding, one team kind of in the middle of it. With you know, with Yelich, you can you can always do stuff. You can always do something. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a rebuild, but you know, the Reds and the Cardinals, top of that top of that division, and this really, in my opinion, puts them far far ahead of the Reds. So. Nolan Arenado, fantasy-wise, I do think he takes a little bit of a, a decline in terms of numbers. Obviously, you're coming from the best hitting scenario in baseball, so a lot can happen. But at the end of the day, in terms of a player, the Cardinals got a gem. So, speaking of gems, let's move on to starting pitchers number one, the top 24 pitchers on Fantasy Pros, according to their ADP. On average, that is, they do a great job. Fantasy Pros does a great job of taking all the averages, all the ADPs from all the different leagues and putting it in on one table. So we'll be doing the top 24. That includes the 99 Club. Of course, you can't talk about the best starting pitchers without talking about the three-headed monster at the top, Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, and Shane Bieber. We'll start with Jacob deGrom, the only, only human being I've ever seen that does not have a capital letter to start his last name. I did not know that, but he actually spells it lowercase d, lowercase e, uppercase g. That is just, I always thought it was uppercase g, lowercase e, uppercase g. It's not, but that's irrelevant at this point. He's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last four years. And in terms of a full career, in terms of your safety net, if you're looking to get that ace in the first round, DeGrom's coming off the board at around the 7th overall ADP and the uh, the first pitcher off the board pretty much every time. So why is that? Last four seasons, he has been as dominant as you can ask. Two Cy Youngs in that time, sub three ERAs. It just doesn't get much better than Jacob DeGrom when, you come, when it comes to fantasy. Uh, a guy who now has a better lineup behind him than he ever has. And, you know, the big question mark will always be the wins. Can Jacob deGrom get you the wins you need to to be the number one fantasy player for, for starting pitchers? Uh, and at the end of the day, he hasn't given the chance. He hasn't been able to get the wins due to the lineup around him. But now you add a guy like Francisco Lindor to that lineup, just one more year, Michael Conforto's progression. Whew. The the Mets can be a real sneaky team in the NL East altogether, but in terms of run support and now, you know, probability of wins, Jacob DeGrom, in my opinion, is by far the best option for fantasy. Um, his fastball velocity has legitimately gotten faster every single season for the last four years. He was hitting 101, sometimes 102 at times with his four-seamer. So, <laughs> you know, you'll see him pitching in the seventh inning and he's still hitting 101. It just, there's levels to this thing. And, and, and Jacob deGrom, in my opinion, is at the top of, he's the best pitcher in the world. So don't be, you know, if you are a, a player who likes to go pocket aces, pitcher, pitcher, first two rounds, Jacob deGrom is a great start, a great start. And, and someone who, you know, Cole will give you the risk due to the surrounding team and their injury risks. And Shane Bieber, frankly, doesn't have 
the run support that can justify putting him number one. So Jacob DeGrom, number one. Garrett Cole, number two. Shane Bieber, number three. The reason I have Garrett Cole, number two, is in three years in a row, he's had a sub-3 ERA as well. Double-digit double K per nine. 12.4, 13.8, and 11.5, respectively, the last three seasons. So if the Yankees stay healthy, he has elite run support. And although it's a, it is a, a, a hitter-friendly park, uh, Garrett Cole, his ceiling is probably the only player who has a higher ceiling than Jacob deGrom would be Garrett Cole. And so when you take a look at Garrett Cole's overall career, uh, it's not as consistent as Jacob DeGrom, but his highs and his his best seasons are better than Jacob DeGrom's best seasons. I mean, we're talking about 39.9% strikeout rate in 2019 with Houston, where he went 20-5 and five over 212 innings. Um, that is absurd. <laughs> 326Ks on the season. So <clears throat> when you talk about who should be number one, who should be number two, these two guys right here, they both have the high, highest ceilings. Jacob DeGrom, in my opinion, opinion has the highest floor, where, where, where Garrett Cole has the highest ceiling. So whether you want to risk banking on a career outlier season with Garrett Cole, his two seasons in Houston were as good as pitching gets. So you know, I'm very comfortable with Jacob DeGrom at number one. I'm very comfortable with Garrett Cole at number two just because of what could happen. You know, um, to bank on a career outlier, like I just mentioned, is, 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 is unwise in fantasy. But at the end of the day, he's coming off a shortened season where he still had a 2.84 ERA, a .96 whip, a 32% strikeout rate, um, 94 strikeouts in 73 innings. So it's tough to judge his strikeout rate if that 39% is undoable just because, look, there was only 60 games last season. You are going to find a lot of circumstances here where you just have to take 2019 into consideration a lot more than you used to, um, than you than you would have in past seasons. So, you know, I like Garrett Cole at one. I like Jacob Degrom at two, and at number three, Shane Bieber is almost as uh, as safe as it gets when it comes to a number three pitcher off the board in terms of average ADP. He's 2.8. We'll just round it up to three, and the eighth pit uh, eighth player off the board in general. So um, obviously these overall ADPs are going to definitely change because of a um, fantasy style. If you're playing head-to-head, playing roto, head-to-head points, they all kind of differ in their rankings. So that's the reason you'll, you know, because Garrett Cole is the sixth overall player off the board. Jacob DeGrom is the seventh player off the board. So it, it does kind of vary in terms of what type of, of, of league you're playing in, but Shane Bieber, Cy Young winner last year, even in a 60-game season, his advanced stats in his career has shown this trajectory is not a fluke, that this trajectory is legit, and that his 2020 season would have been just the same, barring any injuries, in a full season. So um, the only reason, the only reason that I am so sure that I want him um, or I rank him as the S SP three is just the run support. It's pretty much it. I mean, there there is a a large difference between the run support that the Mets will potentially get, the run support that the Yankees will potentially get, and the run support that the Indians will get. Without 
without Francisco Lindor there, that team just does not pose the same threat as they used to. So, you know, Bieber, all the advanced stats are out the window. FIP is amazing. Sierra's top of the top of the list, but it's the only the only thing. The only thing that I can really come up with to decipher those three those three pitchers are the potential around them. So um, in the main five categories, wins is obviously a big one, and I really think DeGrom is going to get number one in wins, Cole number two, and Bieber number three. So use that as you may, and let's move on to the, the second tier right here, the elite tier. Uh, these guys are definitely elite and definitely catch my my interest more than the top three. So in my opinion, you are going to get fantastic seasons out of these three no matter what. But you are paying the price. You are paying the price. And if you are in a deeper league, NL only, AL only, 15 teams, whatever it may be, and you need that elite bat, you need that safe elite bat to start the season, to start the draft, excuse me, um, this is the range of pitchers that I love to target because that's the way I like to approach it. I like to get a hitter in the first round. To be honest with you, I like to get a hitter in the first three rounds. Depends on how the pitching ends up, obviously, but that is usually my goal. And then I just pick away at the aces left um, because there are a lot of aces left. And so if you go pitcher first and then you have to make up that, that hitting the next few rounds, there's the... Nah, there's a, a pretty significant drop-off, in my opinion. So we'll start it off, you Darvish, Padres, coming over from the Cubs. And, you know, a lot of question marks with you Darvish coming into the season last year. 2018 and the first half of 2019 was just, it was just not like you Darvish. It, we had never seen him struggle like that for such a long period of time. And it comes back that he did have a shoulder issue, come, has shoulder surgery. And ever since, he has pitched like a top-five starting pitcher. And so 2020, 2.01 ERA, .96 whip, 31K percentage, 7th best Sierra, 4th best FIP. I mean, he kept the ball in the park at a .59 home runs per nine innings, kept the walks down at 1.6 walks per nine, and kept the strikeouts in double digits at 11, at 11 per nine. So, look, at the end of the day, you uh, Darvish is not a secret anyone anyone who's been playing fantasy baseball understands that you darvish with the texans the texans sorry it's been football so long here uh with the texas rangers um elite top 10 no doubt about it the, the premium obviously the dodgers had to pay to get him the premium the cubs had to sign to get him that was that, that was no fluke there's a reason for this so you darvish you are going to have to pay the price there is no doubt about it but if you really take a look at what he's done the last few years, obviously skipping that 2018-2019, um, it's as safe as you can probably get. He will be the ace in San Diego. He will have an amazing team around him and a very, very doable division. So, yes, he pitched in an easier division last year with the Central and, and the AL Central-NL Central combination. But the NL West, it's a, it's a two 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 headed race there. It's the Dodgers, it's the Padres, and everyone else is pretty much just gonna watch it, and and lose. So you Darvish, 
fifth pitcher off the board, 17th overall player. Um, as much as I do want you, Darvish, as much as I think he's going to have a fantastic season in San Diego, there's a good chance he's too expensive for me. There's a good chance that if Cole, DeGrom, and Bieber go quickly, they go in the, the front half of the first round, not the back half, he gets chosen in the start of the second where I'm looking for a bat. So let's move on to the most controversial player in fantasy. So many question marks, man. So many question marks for Trevor Bauer. Coming in at the NL Cy Young Award winner with the Cincinnati Reds. He is the fifth pitcher off the board and also 17th in overall ADP. So, I'm sorry, that has been moved up to 14. I apologize. It is now the 14th player off the board in total ADP. So, here's the deal. The reason that he is so high on this list is because, obviously, his statistics from 2020 were absolutely out of this world. Sub-2 ERA, sub-1 whip, strikeouts galore. But we've had this conversation before. Maybe not me personally on this podcast, but internally I've had this discussion with myself. Is Trevor Bauer a consistent enough pitcher to warrant a top-five pick? And it comes down to two things. First and foremost, where he signs. Okay, If he signs with the Mets, I like him a lot. Not going to lie. If he signs with the Mets, it's a great situation for him. It's the ace the Mets need. Yada, yada, yada. Now, if he is able to convince management that he can healthy, be healthy while pitching every four days, he will run away by far with the number one starting pitcher in fantasy. It, it really does. He doesn't even have to dominate. He just has to pitch well enough to convince whatever team he's on that this is the way to go. Trevor Bauer could be the best pitcher in fantasy. He's pitching every four days. That is giving him, I mean, strikeouts will be, I'm telling you, 50 more. Wins at least five more, 10 more than the, the, the next closest guy. So Trevor Bauer is an interesting one for me. I personally won't be drafting him if he's a top four pitcher off the board, regardless if this is pre-him signing or post-him signing. Um, his track record shows that consistency is not his strong suit. Unfortunately, you're paying for a 2020 season that was A, shortened, and B, a career high in everything. So I would much, much, much rather wait and just get a guy who's done it three years in a row instead of two years being in the four ERAs, two years being below t- below three, one of them be- being below one so, or below two, excuse me. So it's very interesting, man. Because you know if he does sign and he does convince management, this is the way to go. Uh, not only will he be a first round pick, uh, but he will probably be the number one overall pick in fantasy. Um, it is that it is that significant. So. There's so much to wait for, you know, and, and, and these rankings are obviously on a, I have to get them done. I have to release these. I only have so many days before opening day. Um, but at this point right now, if, if I had a draft right now, uh, he would not be off the board or he, for me, he wouldn't be a pitcher on my team if he's number four 
If he's the fourth pitcher off the board, I'm just not interested. Um, but Trevor Bauer, that's a player that, you know, I say this a lot, you got to monitor. This is an example to perfection. You have to monitor what happens with Trevor Bauer. It could be that important. Um, man, so interesting. If he pitches every four days, he's been he's wanted, you know, he's been telling the media and and everyone that he can and he will if he can, if he's allowed. So whew, It would be un- unlike anything we've ever seen before. Let's move on. I've talked about Trevor Bauer a lot. Let's move on to his his former teammate and my favorite player in all of fantasy, Luis Castillo. Yes, I am a Reds fan. Yes, I have a little bit of bias. But currently, Luis Castillo is sliding down the boards. As of right now, 11th pitcher off the board, 30th in overall ADP. And if he can limit his walks, he must, must, must limit his walks. Which I've seen him personally do on a very, you know, a, a pretty good chunk of game span, where he's accurate, he's not letting up free bags, but then he goes in the complete opposite mode, and he'll have five or six in a game. And if he can dial it in, where he is really, really consistent, Luis Castillo has one of the highest ceilings in all of fantasy. Um, eighth best FIP, fifteenth best Sierra, eleven Ks per nine. 30% K rate. All these numbers point to elite stuff. And I can tell you I've seen him multiple times in person. I've seen him multiple times on TV. His fastball to change up difference is is just as good as you can possibly ask for. I mean, he'll throw 98 to 100, and then he'll drop it down to the 82 to 83 mile per hour change up with absolutely no difference in the arm angle. The delivery speed or the release point and it is just it is an absolute joy to watch and so this might sound like it has a lot of personal bias behind it but at the end of the day you can only look at statistics for so long before you have to see the eye test and the eye test for me man this kid has some serious potential there's a reason they asked for glaber torres in a package to deal if they wanted to get rid of him the Yankees wanted him, you're going to have to give us your best young player. He is that good. Luis Castillo, as of right now, I want him in every single league I'm in. 11th player off the board. This is where I shine, right here. This is, this is what I'm talking about, guys. I'll get a hitter. I'll get a hitter. And at, at 30 ADP, start of the fourth round, I'm really all over it. I mean, if he's there in the fourth round, he's for sure going to be drafted by me. Um, Luis Castillo. I don't like to call, you know, extreme projections or locks or whatever, but he's a guy I'm really, really high on, Luis Castillo, especially with his ADP falling. So um, I was even curious of getting him when he was in the top 20 overall ADP. I mean, two weeks ago he was talked about, not talked about, but uh, he was – on this this rankings is the 10th starting pitcher. So uh, he is now down all the way to number 13 and significantly down in the overall ADP. So keep your eye on Luis Castillo. He could be a, he can be a um a league winner no doubt. Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda, man. The Dodgers didn't use him correctly based on the 2020 stats. 
He's the 16th pitcher off the board, 51 overall ADP. And that's why he's so high on this list. We absolutely love him at 51. If he's the 16th starting pitcher off the board, he's a perfect sleeper candidate to be in the top 25 in terms of all fantasy. Um, after compl- I mean, he complained. I shouldn't say complained, but he it was pretty clear that he was not happy with his usage in L.A., and he wanted to start. He wanted to start every fifth day, no matter what the situation is. And and Minnesota let him do that. And it went really well. It went really well. 2.7 ERA, 0.75 whip, 6-1, 32% K rate, 13th in FIP, 4th uh, in expected FIP, so, and 3rd in Sierra, while having the second best hard hit percentage at 21%. So, look. Advanced stats, you can hate him, you can love him. Every stat pretty much pointed to an absolute dominant performance in a 60-game season by Kenta Maeda. Uh, they actually showed that he kind of got unlucky. <laughs> I mean, his FIP and his expected FIP were pretty drastically different. So there's a lot to like with Kenta Maeda. You know, the Twins, easy division, good good rotation, good team around him, and a player that's just not going to get that much hype come draft day. Um, another prime example of a guy that I'm definitely targeting. At 51? Come on. I'm talking about an ace in a rotation of a playoff team. That is as good as value as you want, especially when it comes to starting pitchers. If you're not going to go starting pitcher, starting pitcher, you have to find the sleepers in the mid, mid to late drafts mid to late rounds in the draft. Kenta Maeda, man. Please listen. Kenta Maeda, Luis Castillo, two players that I absolutely love their ADP, absolutely love their their projections and and their potential. Speaking of potential, Aaron Noll is a guy who has a lot of it. That is next on this list. The only reason he's so low on our list is cuz his ADP is a little pricey, but man, there's a Top 10 starting pitchers, Aaron Nola will, I am almost 99% positive, he will find himself on that list. Um, you know, last year, a lot of question marks. If you if you bought the dip, you, you probably won your league because 32% K rate, 96 strikeouts in 71 innings, uh, 3.28 ERA, 1.08 whip. And those are more along the numbers that you're, you're, you're used to seeing from him. 2019 was such it was just such such a bad year if you're going to look at the whole picture because he threw a splitter that he never threw his whole career never threw a splitter 2019 incorporated a splitter and just the walk percentage just skyrocketed that it was it was so obvious that it was the splitter. I mean, he usually has a walk rate around six percent, maybe seven percent. I would say six or seven percent as the walk rate usually. He shot up all the way to nine and a half, close to nine and a half. So right away, you're seeing a guy with an average over his entire five year career of a 7% walk rate, shoot all the way up to about 9.5. The one year he uses his splitter, 
that is not just a coincidence. He got rid of the splitter, and now he's a dominant pitcher again. So, you know, sometimes those things happen in baseball. But his worst year of his career while pitching 200 innings, obviously 2019. So, you know, the cat is out of the bag about the splitter. It's not coming back. Aaron Nola is expected to perform like he did in 2018 and 2020. So, at the end of the day, um, there is no... There's no surprises. You're going to get what you pay for, and that's what I do like about Aaron Nola's ADP right now. Uh, it's not too high. It's not too low. You're not going to get a bargain. You're not going to reach. At the seventh, you know, I would say he's the seventh or eighth best pitcher in baseball. So, you know, if that's your strategy in terms of where you're going to pick your aces or your, you know, your starting pitchers, Aaron Nola is a, a great way if you're going to start in the second round. So, uh, for me personally, a little too expensive. I think I can get a little bit better value with the guys that I'll be talking about a l- little bit later. Um, but I'm not saying that he is busting in any way, shape, or form. So Aaron Nola, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they got Real Muto back. They got Harper. They got Gregorius back. So, hey, that team might be very good. And good teams, their aces, usually do well. So uh, Aaron Nola, 7.8 off the board in terms of pitching. 22 overall ADP. Good way to start your rotation if you need to. Uh, here's a great player and a player that I personally know. Not not friends with him. I grew up with him. I played sports growing up with him. And uh, he was always the best player on every team he was ever on. It is no, no different with the Cardinals. That is Jack Flaherty. And at the start of this preparation, his ADP was a lot higher than it was now. At 27... I'm I'm willing to take the risk, man. His ADP of 10.2 and 27 overall is low enough where I think he can be a top five pitcher in baseball. He really can. And there is so much potential with Jack Flaherty. Now that the Cardinals got Arenado, his run support is even better. His defense behind him is so much, I mean, it does not get any better than Nolan Arenado. So there's a lot to like in terms of that Arenado deal benefiting Jack Flaherty and the rest of that rotation. Uh, for me, high floor, even higher ceiling. If you if you draft Jack Flaherty, you're drafting him pretty much at his at his low point, at his his dip. Um, 2020 was not not kind to Jack Flaherty at all. Um, but you have to take into consideration when you look at some of the 2020 numbers, you have to take into consideration the spring training was paused mid spring training paused. So the ramp up to the 2020 season was very different, very, very different. And you just can't always expect players to perform their at absolute highest level if they don't get the absolute perfect preparation in. And that's what spring training does. And that's what spring training has done for years. Okay, When you cut it in half, slash pause it, have two separate spring trainings, you're going to get scenarios where star players don't play like star players. And that, for me, is the case of Jack Flaherty. Not only did the spring training get stopped, but the season got halted in the middle of it as well because of a COVID outbreak within the Cardinals organization. So, dude, there is so much pointing 
at 2020 being 100% COVID affected, that I'm all over it. I mean, I'm all over it. I mean, if he was being drafted based on his 2019 stats, 2.7 ERA, .97 whip, 231 strikeouts, 11-8 and with a 29K rate, I mean, you're talking about higher than Walker Bueller, you're higher than you Darvish, um, especially with the lineup around him and the division he's in. So I am 100% buying the dip anywhere I can for Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, at 10.2, that's fair. That's fair. It is, you know, they are taking into consideration the fact that 2020 could have been a fluke. Because if you're just basing it off 2020's numbers, he should be outside the top 50. That's how bad he was. He's not. He's an elite ace with an extremely high ceiling and loads of potential. So Jack Flaherty, 27th overall off the board right now. Um, this is a perfect player in terms of my strategy to start the rotation with. And that's it. That is it. That is our top 10 Starting pitchers, we will get to the uh, the other 15 tomorrow afternoon. we got players like Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw to get to, and uh, we won't have to set up the schedule or chit-chat about anything else. So we'll, we'll have time. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us today. And real quickly, just to wrap it up, the ADPs we like the most right now, Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda, and Luis Castillo. And, of course, if you're going to start your, your draft with two starting pitchers, the big three can never hurt um yeah that's it guys thank you so much for tuning in and tomorrow we will finish up our tier one of starting pitchers right here on